It's time for Horinda's Agenda, Bill's reflections on sports and life. He's a play-by-play broadcaster, a sports update radio personality, an actor, a fitness coach, and overall bon vivant. And I can speak from firsthand knowledge, he is a terrific teammate and a terrific guy. Dave Lewis, welcome to Horrendous Agenda. Bill, you're making me blush. You left out a ballroom dancing champion, by the way. <laughs> Dave, an egregious blunder uh, on, on my part. And this is what happens, Dave, when you're as versatile as you are and you have so many talents that it's just it's impossible. And not only is it impossible to recount all the accolades, but to do them justice, I don't think even my vocabulary can provide the proper adjectives. I'll play it. I like to just focus on one thing and be really good at it. That's like my goal to get uh, get that adult ADD out of the way and uh, zero in on just one thing and you know crush it. So that's the the next focus as we evolve. I, I love it. I love it, and Dave. Of course, you know during the pandemic, we've got to start there. Of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's been uh, affected by this thing. And I, I just want to check in on you and your loved ones, your family, and and just what things are like in the San Francisco Bay Area right now. Well, I, I do check, by the way. My kids are both down in the L.A. area, so I'm checking on them constantly to see uh, how they're doing. So they're both uh, sheltered in place. And then uh, here I'm in Livermore, um, California, east of Oakland. So our town has five cases with a square mileage of 29. So it's like one case per five square miles, roughly, uh, five, six, something like that. So – um, you know, everyone's doing a great job in Alameda County, which has kind of a, a smaller overall count than Santa Clara, San Francisco, where it's much more uh, prevalent. And, um, you know, the folks here are doing a great job. Just a couple of days ago, it was mandated in Alameda County where we had to wear masks going out for our essential services, you know, grocery stores, et cetera. So, um, you know, you get a little stir crazy with the people you care about, uh, which uh, I'm working through with therapy, but uh, besides that, you know, it's it's, it's good, and we, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. There you go, and our a mutual friend, Scott Reese, did a great report on KTVU, if I'm not mistaken, in the Bay Area, uh, profiling you and, and others that have been directly impacted uh, in your livelihood, Dave, with the stoppage of sports on, uh, you know, just the – play-by-play of course that has ended as all sports have been suspended uh, throughout the country that was a really good report I thought uh, by Scott and uh, you provided some really good uh, insight into what the life of a broadcaster is like uh, particularly now when it's come to a standstill well he was inspired to do that story because he's the voice of Stanford so he saw a bunch of his income going down the drain and uh, we worked together with the Oakland Panthers the indoor football team owned by Marshawn Lynch. And so play-by-play, I mean, I know folks you know, look at their jobs as being uh, you know, things you can't replace or you, maybe you can replace them by doing a Zoom class or uh, work from home. But if you're a play-by-play now, it's if they don't have the event, you don't have the job. And so um, you know, that's independent contractor income that you know, gets wiped out when uh, these events are canceled. So our season got scrapped literally the day before the first game. Uh, we were going to play on – Saturday the 14th, and on the 13th, we uh, had a meeting at the arena, and uh, on the way in, I'd heard that the Boston Marathon was 
postponed, same with the Masters, and I could just feel the walls closing in on our league and our team that it was just a matter of time. And by early the afternoon, we had pulled the plug on you know, our start of the season and then a week or two ago pulled the plug on the entire season. It's unfortunate, Dave, of course. And can you elaborate just a little bit on the, on the Oakland franchise and the league uh, so that folks can kind of just pick it up when we, when we do reconvene, hopefully uh, not too long from now? Sure. We've got uh, 12 teams uh, going towards the Midwest, Green Bay, and in Iowa. And then last year they started to add indoor football teams to get more of a West Coast presence to complement Tucson and Phoenix. So last year was the first year of a squad in San Diego and this year Spokane and um, Oakland. So um, it's 50 yards indoor arena football. Um, the San Jose Sabercats with the uh, iconic uh, arena football league franchise. That league folded last year. So the IFL was the only indoor football league still going. And uh, Oakland saw you know kind of a potential to fill a void with, the Raiders leaving, Warriors leaving to San Francisco, and the A's are the only pro team in Oakland. So bless Marshawn Lynch for wanting to do what he could to keep football in Oakland. And uh, we had, I think, seven or 8,000 fans ready to go for that opening night. And we'll have to uh, you know, come back and try to get next year. Every team's committed to returning in 2021. And we're – adding on actually from 14 games to 16 games next year. So it's a, it's an exciting product. It's more of a Gen X kind of version of football because you have scores in the 60s and the 70s and a lot of explosions and motorcycles on the field and uh, dancing girls. So it's definitely a fun sport and uh, family affordable. You can get a ticket for 15 bucks, you know, unlike an NFL game. So um, it's something to fill a niche uh, for family affordable entertainment. And you know, unfortunately you got to wait till March of next year to make that happen. And Dave, staying on the gridiron, I'd like to segue back to the fall and what a special season it was uh, for Sacramento State and, and Troy Taylor. And uh, it, it's just been an amazing quick turnaround uh, there for the Hornets. And you're uh, obviously the, the TV uh, football play-by-play voice for Sacramento State in the Big Sky Conference. It was, uh, boy, you talk about just the perfect storm. Here's a, a coach that had done well as an offensive coordinator in the Pac-12 with Utah and a previous stop in the conference, Eastern Washington. And he coached at Cal as a position coach and played in the NFL as a Sacramento icon. And he took over a program that was 0-7 in the big sky the year before with a lot of guys coming back. And um, you don't see turnarounds like that because we were finished in the top five in the country and made the playoffs for the first time in school history, won the big sky for the first time in school history. And I haven't talked to him since all this went down, you know, how to keep a football team together during a time like this. Cause you miss spring ball, you miss all the, the training sessions and installation of your, you know, offense and defense, et cetera. So, um, you know, I'm sure he's no different than everybody else that coaches football, but it'll be certainly interesting, you know, how this works coming around for the fall with Sac state and every football team. And, the prospect of even playing a few games without fans. Right. And, and you know, Dave, it's interesting. I, I was delighted uh, to see Brian Katz's contract extended uh, by Mark Orr and the administration at Sacramento State. And to me, it's very interesting to watch mid-major programs that are kind of these diamonds in the rough. And they've got, you know, a high-quality education 
they've got talented players in the region, whether it's football or and or basketball. I mean, of course, they're they're recruiting internationally, but you know what I'm saying. There's a there's a base there, and when I was playing. Uh, in college at UMass Lowell, I, I had great coaching with Don Doucette at UMass Lowell and the staff there, and Jerry Howling was a legendary coach at St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. But now my appreciation for coaching has really <laughs> increased, and I just love to see these marriages that really work out with high-quality coaches uh, at the mid-major level. And uh, it, it just seems like Mark's got a really good uh, foundation uh, with Troy and with Brian on the gridiron and on the on the on the hardwood as well. Well, with football, it's paid off and the wins and losses right away. That was a great hire for Mark, and I think for basketball, um, Mark appreciates what he's done because he took over a program that was academically a mess, um, all kinds of uh, grade issues, and Brian Katz has graduated pretty much every kid since he's been there. And uh, we don't have a you know great gym to recruit to, so you know uh, you're coming out of a one big league with the Big Sky Conference. So maybe you catch lightning in the bottle and you can win that conference tournament, you know, and, and get to the big dance. But I think when you just look at the big picture of uh, you know developing successful young men and graduating all your kids and being competitive on the court, and as long as you beat Davis every year, that's a good thing. But. Um, like I said, I, I think Mark sees the bigger picture, and I'm sure they, I'm sure they want to win. There's a big movement to upgrade facilities, and once that happens, then you know that would be the the vehicle that would help take the program to the next step. Right, and it reminds me of the Ray Charles lyric, Dave: "This house is small, but better than no house at all." And, and you're right. I mean, at some point, hopefully, they'll get a, uh, a, a an arena done on campus uh, for Sacramento State, and uh, you know, from that stand, and the other thing too, which I've seen Brandon Laird, one of the assistant coaches, tweet this out, and I, I'm not sure what the time period is, but it could be the last three or four years. But Sacramento State has won 70 percent of their games uh, at the Hornets' Nest, so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the program uh, progresses. So, Dave, now let's go to the NBA. Your podcast, which is tremendous, you can subscribe to it. Uh, you know, wherever you find your podcast, you search for Dave Lewis. You had an old friend of yours, Lloyd Pierce, the Atlanta Hawks head coach, on uh, just the other day. It was a great conversation. I know you guys go way back, but what's you? What was your takeaway from that conversation? Without no no spoiler alerts, I want people to listen to it. But just in general terms, what did you take away from that conversation? I'd say the number one thing is during this pandemic, and anyone can make an excuse not to work out, not to do this or that, or not to have quality relationships and connect with people. And he's using this opportunity and, and even challenging his team to learn something new uh, and no excuse not to stay fit. He's working with the strength and conditioning coaches to do Zoom workouts with these guys. Now, granted, you don't have a, a rim to shoot at, but there's no reason to be out of shape. And he's taken the advantage of this time to listen to books on tape and spend quality time with his wife and daughter, 21-year-old little girl, is uh, stunning. And so, you know, there's tragedy with this pandemic everywhere. But um, as long as we're cooped up, let's make the most of this and make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, to um, 
you know, make this a positive experience. So I, I got that out of him. And I've known him since he was a sophomore at Santa Clara. And he was a guy that wouldn't even speak. He was basically this mute. And I know that the, in fact, one of the assistant coaches thought he was a mute, that he wouldn't talk. And to watch him evolve as this articulate, classy young man who can relate to players and uh, develop and work with the Trey Young, um, it's, it's pretty impressive. And I'm really uh, blown away, actually. And every time I see him, uh, he goes, yeah, it's a good thing I didn't get that Santa Clara gig that opened up back when uh, uh, Herb Sendek got that job a few years ago. He was interviewed for it. And a couple years later, moved from Philadelphia to Atlanta. And um, I see a bright future with a young team and you know, coach I'm pretty fond of. And it's interesting. There's an old Croatian proverb, uh, one door closes and a thousand open. Uh, I happen to be Croatian on my dad's side and Italian and Irish, so I'm br- brushing up a bit, Dave, on uh, some some uh, lineage and history. Uh, but uh, also uh, along those lines, I tweeted this out, uh, Dave, that coaches really should seek out this interview because I think there's a lot there uh, to be gleaned from Lloyd and his experience, and uh, you did a terrific job with him in the uh, in, in the conversation. So, again, check that out. Uh, just uh, was recorded the other day, so it's 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 fresh and it's really good uh, for coaches. You know, you know at what? Any level. You know, Bill. Before you before you since you just uh, thought of uh, you kind of triggered a memory of that conversation. One other thing I thought just kind of transcended coaching and just into life um, because he was asked, and he'll put it in his own words on the podcast on the Dave Lewis Show um, on iHeartRadio or iTunes. But he uh, said that he's been asked about getting him to be a head coach when he was an assistant coach. And the advice he's given to other people is be the best assistant you can be, be the best support person you can be to empower your boss, make him excel, and you'll you know pay the you'll get the benefits down the line as long as you try to be the best at what you can be in your position, whether it's the best fry cook, the best cab driver, whatever it is, be the best you can be at it, and make the the people above you um, stronger by your performance and the benefits will come down the line. There you go. And and Dave, what are you doing uh, to stay sharp? Now, you're a very well-rounded guy, and obviously following you uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all of social media, uh, you know, I, I think your followers see a very well-rounded person from motivation, uh, diligence, uh, with your various careers acting broadcasting etc but also on the physical fitness side of it so i'm just curious what you're doing to stay sharp uh during th- this challenging time that we find ourselves unexpectedly in well the number one thing uh, for me to keep my, my uh, self sane is the health part of it so i want to carve out um some time every single day to get a good workout in and maybe get creative with it since I don't have the gym to go to, but what can I do with just a chair or a jump rope or two dumbbells or a resistance band or combine all of them in some circuit somehow. And I just, I feel like my mind is clear and ready to take on anything. If I can take care of my body uh, in the morning, clear my head, get some thought, um, you know, a little prayer time as well. So I, I, I try to take a little bit from what Lloyd said the other day is to make the, the most out of the situation to try to grow and, and be better. Um, yeah, I'm going to watch every second of this Michael Jordan documentary, which I think is phenomenal and maybe binge watch since next uh, Netflix shows. I didn't get to 
got a chance to watch before and um, just figure out some way to get better. I can't practice doing play-by-play unless I do something really you know weird like some of those guys are doing, calling play-by-play of washing dishes and dog walks just to stay sharp. But um, I have to wait for the real games um, for that to occur. But uh, in between then, I just try to make myself smarter, fitter, and you know, come out of this stronger than before. And is there something, is there one thing that, do you love everything like your kids, Dave? Like, in other words, from acting to play-by-play to sports updates on the radio to being, you know, a podcaster and a interviewer, a fitness coach. Uh, if I said actor twice, I apologize for the redundancy. But is there any of those that you enjoy more than another or, or do you love them all the same? Uh, I think there's a challenge in some of the newer things like, gosh, how good could I be if I devoted more time to acting or if I really threw everything at it? I've done play-by-play for 25 years and been on the radio for 35 years. And so I am intrigued by the challenge of um, you know, what's out there as an actor for me and ballroom dancer. But um, I keep forgetting yeah. ballroom dancer, Dave. I apologize. I apologize. That's another <laughs> well, egregious blunder. My goodness. Sorry about no, that. No, I, 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 I want to try to um, live and, and not just say I'm just one thing. I, I want to experience anything out there that sounds interesting and, and you know, throw myself at it. Now, there's only 24 hours in a day, so I can't be great at everything. But, um, yeah, I guess if you ask me this second, I would only want to do play-by-play and act and do a podcast for fun. Nice. You know, if I can narrow every, everything down. Um, but if you ask me tomorrow, I'm, I work out with a gentleman who has Parkinson's disease, and there's nothing more rewarding I do in my life than that to you know, keep a guy strong that's having a disease that's going to eventually take him. And to watch him fight on a daily basis just fills my heart um, and, and leaves me like, gosh, could that be a mission, you know, to work with people like that, to you know, give them extra time and give them extra time with their families so there's a lot out there. I don't know if I have to pick if, you know, I don't have to have that gun in my head where I could pick one or two things. I don't have to. So as long as I don't have to, you know, I'll keep doing them all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, how about this? What advice would you give, Dave, to people starting out in the business, regardless of what it is? I mean, you're in entertainment in so many ways, but but someone, regardless of what they specifically want to do, because I think you have so many transferable skills, what, what do you tell young people when they ask you, or not even young people, but just people that are starting out that want to get started? What's your advice to them? Well, there's a perception of the younger folks that, um, that they don't want to pay any dues. Now, that's not true with everybody, but I do. I've met some that you know, hey, I want to be on the air and let me, you know, I want to do games. I could do college basketball. And, you know, maybe you could, but I think there is a due paying process that you have to, um, you know, embrace along the way, whether it's being stats in a truck or uh, you know, being a producer, or doing high school game and Flagstaff for 50 bucks or whatever it is to, to get the reps. I think with anything, it's about getting the repetitions, um, you know, to develop that craft and then the networking that goes along the way because, I know a lot of folks that are really good that just haven't got that shot um, because they're not plugged into the right folks. So um, I would say that is take any job that you can get, um, even create your own content. You know, there's so much opportunity with all the social media. You could YouTube a game to just practice it and get better. You sit in the stands with a tape recorder like a lot of the old-time guys did. Just anything you can do to get reps, to uh, learn the craft, 
and then hopefully somebody gives you an opportunity or create an opportunity. Um, I know you're running out of time, but uh, the story I tell people is I was a top 40 DJ and nobody was going to let me do play by play, but Santa Clara wasn't on the radio. And I approached them with the idea of doing basketball. Steve Nash played there and I thought this would be awesome. And no station would carry their games. So I called every station in the Bay area to find a station to do the games. And I found one that said, yes. And so the school said, Oh, that's awesome. You did that. Um, but we don't have enough time to sell it. You know, maybe next year you can do it. So I told them, well, I'll sell it. So in a month I raised all the money that it took to get the games on the air, found the radio station, bought the equipment and got my start doing college basketball. Um, kind of created my own job um, because nobody was, you know, knocking down my door to hire me at that time. So, um, you know, what price are you willing to pay to make it happen for yourself? I love it. And what a great place to park it. And whatever happened to that Steve Nash guy? But <laughs> I, I think he had a middling career. He did, <laughs> he did okay for himself, just like, uh, just like you, uh, Dave Lewis. And Dave, we've got to let you go because you've got to get on the air. And listen, uh, thank you for being uh, just a great teammate. I love working with you. I hope that uh, next season we have that opportunity uh, to do so. And uh, all the best. Keep up your great work. Stay safe. And thanks so much. Uh, for taking the time to join us. Hey, your audience has to know that, uh, I mean, you make any broadcaster a part of Shine. I mean, it's just a, it's a delight to work with you. You bring so much energy and passion to the table, and I can't sign off of any game I do with you without a big smile, whether it's a one-point buzzer beater or a 20-point blowout. You work with Bill Horenda, you're going to have a good time. Oh, that's great, Dave. Thank you so much. Mutual Admiration Society. Stay safe, and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Thanks so much. Kiss your wife and me. Bless you. Thank you, Dave. Best of your clan as well. You can follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Horenda.